What's up, guys? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. Today's guest is Marcus Wyatt, one of the godfathers of Deep House in Los Angeles for over the last 20 years. He gives us some insights into how he brings his spirituality into his work and it affects his music and his community that he's building around his business and really everything he does. And uh, it's really interesting to hear his kind of integrated path that he's taken. He also talks about the importance of mentors in his life and uh, what that's meant to him. So tune in, hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net and let us know what you think. This week's track of the week brought to you by EDM.com is from Lucid. The track is called Voltage. You can find it in their deep section. And uh, if you if you like this track, you're going to want to go to EDM.com and check out the Deep House channel. And there's probably going to be a lot more that you like. So let's check it out. Here we go. back to Rebel Radio. My guest today, Marcus Wyatt, legendary, a legend of, of house music, uh, DJ, producer, promoter, <laughs> label owner. Yogi. Yogi, traveler, busy man. Roller. I like, I mean, part of what I like, well, welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, part of why I, I want to do this show well, one reason is to connect with old friends that you know I haven't spent enough time with, or right, uh, and, like I'm learning stuff about people that I've known for 20 yeah, years that, yeah, that sure. you know I didn't even know. Yeah, and um, and you know we don't know each other that well, even mm-hmm. though we've known each other for right a good yeah. a good amount of time. Yeah, uh, and and the other two though is thinking about like like I think of you as a DJ, but the reality is you are all those things, mm-hmm. and you know that's I think the that's really the essence of at least the music business, maybe all business today, is being able to, to be nimble and play in different lanes. Right, And, right, you know, be behind sure. the decks and then be, you know, in the studio and be, mm-hmm. you know, making deals and, and right. all that stuff. Right. Um, but wait, okay, I got something for you. Okay. This is my gift. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to, this is not a sponsor mention, although if they want to sponsor the show, we might take them. <laughs> uh, go to Flight One, Flight Zero Zero One. It's a travel store on 3rd, and they have this, uh, it's called the Space Pack. Mm-hmm. And it's like these nylon bags that you, after you roll your stuff up, you put them in, <laughs> and it basically doubles your capacity of your suitcase. I have heard of their legend. It's so good. Yeah, I I'm not definitely. Lying. I bought them for my mom this uh, for her birthday. I will do that. I can go a week 
right on the road the okay. tricky part is the shoes right because i'm i'm like i know a shoe guy yeah. i like to uh -huh. I, I can't go a week with one pair of shoes right exactly that's the hard part but shoes are hard to roll for sure but you can but you can go but they do have a shoe bag <laughs> that'll like hold two pair of shoes in the space that basically takes one because you put high them tops. a certain way see i'm a high top mm. guy and that's yeah high tops tricky. are tough Okay, yeah. so like you got to wear the bulkiest pair on the plane. That, exactly, that's how it And goes. then have some lighter ones, <laughs> mm -hmm. have your flip-flops wedged in. Neck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, when you travel, how much do you travel? Um, I've really been traveling a lot lately, pretty much every weekend yeah. for the last couple months. And is it play, just playing shows? Yeah, playing yeah. shows. And But, I, you know, I've gotten better at, you know, being efficient with the way that I travel mm -hmm. and still in an extra day in a place mm -hmm. that I, you know, there mm -hmm. are places that are like uh, some of my favorite cities. Yeah. And so I'll figure out a way yeah, to steal sure. a day or so there. And well, you have you know, to, man, when reset. you do, yeah. when you do what you do for a living, right? It, it can't, you yeah. know, I mean, the travel, mm -hmm. it'll wear on you. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You it can. Yeah. I, I have a little, uh, little reset routine that, you know, I know that I have to adhere to, you know, when I when I travel to. What, you know. what is it? Well, one thing I've learned is to really sort of rid myself of the jet lag is get a good sweat in. Mm. Like whether mm -hmm. if a hotel I'm at has a steam room or if there's a yoga class, yeah. uh, just make it happen. But yeah, it yeah. really does reset my system. Yeah. Nice. And, um, and hydrate well yeah yeah for sure mm -hmm. yeah i used to run i don't i can't run anymore but uh mm -hmm. but that was one thing i loved was mm -hmm. like going to a new city mm -hmm. and running yeah. Yeah. And you can see the city yeah LA. seeing the city yeah. and just mm -hmm. being out but now i do i try to do the same thing at least get a hotel room workout yoga yeah something it just just really helps yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so you're a yoga guy mm -hmm. like i am and and uh um i mean that's a great I think what you know one of the great things you can you can do that anywhere you can yeah. you know now you can find a class in every city yeah well or you can do it on your own well it's really interesting when I first started taking yoga I was I took classes in every city I went to mm -hmm. because it's like you know sort of like you have this uh, built-in community wherever you go like you kind of I, I you know you kind of understand have an understanding of where everyone is operating from mm -hmm. yeah. because there is a certain type of person that really <laughs> engages in self-care right. so yeah. i really found it to be pleasant wherever i went yeah yeah absolutely yeah and so and how'd you get introduced to yoga um via a couple friends but you know it's all about when you're ripe to take on the practice i mm. took a i took one class and I really liked it. Then I didn't go back for a while and then I just really started coming up a lot and that's how I know. That's sort of like when I get these like little hits from the universe that it's time for me to really pay attention to something and one of my friends started taking me to a certain yoga studio that I liked but it I just felt like there was more out there mm -hmm. and then one of my friends told me about another um, studio um in uh, once i moved to the west side back to mm. santa monica and i got uh went to this guy named gil Vindes, who's like 
he, you know, it's sort of like your first DJ who uh-huh. really moved you. Yeah, sure. He's like my first yoga teacher that it ju- he just going to his class mm-hmm. made me take on the practice. Right. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's my guy. And, and then there was a lot of other mm-hmm. amazing people I met. And how long ago was that? That was, man, well, I guess about 12 years ago. Something nice. like that. Wow. Yeah. 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 I found yoga kind of by accident mm-hmm. at like 19. So what was that? 20, That's crazy, yeah. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. What was that, 24 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, some weird way, my grandfather had a mailing business, like a direct mail business, mm-hmm. and one of his customers was this woman, this yoga teacher, mm-hmm. who, you know, back then, I mean, yeah. it was, I think there was yoga works. That was about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But she did private. So, anyway, he kind of hooked me up a deal because mm-hmm. it was expensive back then. It was one-on-one. Yeah. And he kind of hooked me up. So we did about three years together of like once a week, mm-hmm. every, you know, just the two of us in a room, right. get my ass kicked. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But by then, you know, you're, you're hooked. Like it's, right. it's yeah. in you. Yeah, and I will say one of the other things that, that got me into the practice was a friend recommended that I do a month pass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like at, yeah, I did a month pass at Yoga Works, and I literally went every day. Those month and passes out a, get everybody. And checked out every teacher. Uh-huh. And, and that That's was cool. it. I just knew exactly what right. I liked. And, yeah. Yeah. It becomes yeah, I mean, like your church. For me, it yeah. does. You know, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I can, like, if I have a mm-hmm. really bad day, I'm like, That's right. I gotta go to yoga. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, how about when you're trying to get to your creative space? Is that, mm-hmm. like, something you, oh, like, I sure. gotta go to the yoga room for and sure. just get in there? For sure. Yeah. And I remember there are times, like, you know, you'll have those times where, you know, you don't feel like going. Mm-hmm. And, right. and I started doing this visualization thing because I know once I'm in the room, I'm good. Yeah. Right. But it was just yeah, getting yeah. there. Right. So I would like visualize myself on the mat. And I mean, sometimes it just seemed like I didn't even remember driving to the studio. Nice. Like next thing I know, I'd be on the mat. Yeah. But, you know, whatever it takes, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. to get you there. And then and but, you know, the practice is on and off the mat. It's also not judging yourself when you're when you don't make it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just get back in there, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, yoga practice is very, you know, it's holds up a mirror to how you navigate your life, how you take on challenging postures. Right. Yeah. Deal. Talk about that. How does that mm-hmm. how does that affect you as a musician? Um, I think it reminds me to breathe, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, uh, to flow, really to flow with everything. Yeah. You know, even when you're, like I was saying, when you're in a challenging posture, just breathe through it. Don't judge yourself and just stay present. And, Mm -hmm. and it's just like that with life, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, don't, don't give meaning to things that, as I say, are meaningless. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, you know, stay focused. That's hard. I mean, it's hard in life, right? Well, it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. It is. And I think it's a good analogy, too, for for the music business, right, is there's, uh, you know, the things that matter Mm -hmm. versus the things that we spend our our energy on. Yeah, well, you know, there's, you, you have to check in with yourself constantly because like you know as they say if you're not thinking something else is thinking for you Mm. it could Mm -hmm. be your default patterns and what have you so you have to check in and say does this matter to me is this something really worth uh allowing 
this situation is still my joy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And usually nothing is really that serious. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go back to something you said before about, um, oh, it's like the first DJ that moved you. Mm-hmm. So who was that? <laughs> well, I would have to say in the in a really dynamic way, it was Frankie Knuckles. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's just one of those things like I'd heard other people play house, but when I heard Frankie, I was just like, wow, you know, like. Do you remember that, is, that time? Like, oh, you, yeah, yeah. It was when was I it? went to the world in New York, and it was probably 86. Yeah. And I had heard about um, Frankie. I had a couple of his records. That was just when I was just collecting house music, mail order in Chicago, New York. You know, I was just collecting the music, but I hadn't really heard a lot of the guys play. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going to New York. I would go to New York to hear people play. Yeah. And I heard Frankie had a residency at the world. And mm. so at the time, I remember I went there with my my girlfriend at the time, and we go to the world, and we heard about it was so funny at the time to like reflect back on it now. Uh, this guy Frankie Knuckles, he makes a thousand dollars a night, right? Huge at the time. <laughs> and so, oh yeah, that was unheard of. Yeah, so we go to the world, and Frankie starts playing, and I, you know, I just, you know, it, you know, it was just. I was just put in this trance and and just connected with my soul on the dance floor like mm. I hadn't before. Mm. And uh, it, it was like, you know, it was hypnotic, you know. And and so I just remember being on the floor with my girlfriend at the time and, and I said, I, I don't care if this guy disses me or what, I need to go upstairs and tell him how he's <laughs> making me feel. So I went up there wow. and I introduced myself to Frankie and he's like, where are you from? I said, L.A. He goes, he goes, you play house in L.A.? And I said, yeah. He goes, he goes, come in there and sit down. And totally wow. forgot about my girlfriend on the day. Oh <laughs> I was gosh, in the booth. That's so funny. I was in the booth for four hours no until way. his last song. But she knew. Wow. She knew I was having my moment. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and from there, Frankie literally just took me under his wing. He was, he's like when you come to New York, here's my number. I'll tell you about stores to go to and labels mm-hmm. to go by. And, nice. and that's really where our friendship started. Yeah. yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do that same thing in return when fans come up to you and they're like, dude, I'm a DJ. Yeah, I yeah, I am. And someone just hit me the other day. I mean, it's really funny now because people are asking for advice, how, how you get where you are, mm-hmm. you're a doc, and people like the you know, ask that, and and it feels strange these days to actually say that you you might get there through producing music, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, as a DJ. But that's really the climate we're right. in right now. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, it was just like work hard, stay right. true to your music, mm-hmm. and da da da, door will open, and all that. But the state of the industry has changed to that to where people are like what song did do they did they do right or whatever mm-hmm. you yeah. know and they're thinking of 
numbers mm-hmm. and things like that. And when we came up, it was just all love. Yeah. There was no Facebook right. and all this other stuff to get distracted by. Right. There's a lot of things that will lure you away from your authentic self now, which is so important. That's why it's so important to check in and say, why am I doing this? Mm. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. So how does that change your process? I mean, you talked a little bit about the Mm-hmm. The personal side of that, mm-hmm. right? Checking in, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, but talk about the, the practical side of like, you know, you're a DJ and a producer, but, you know, I think you're probably more, you've spent more energy as a DJ. And promoting right? events. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, I, so I, I don't know how we met, but, but, I, but before we met, mm-hmm. I used to come to Brass mm-hmm. every week i think mm-hmm. every time i could mm-hmm. uh so brass was was a club early 90s that was it was the place in la mm-hmm. you know for people that were into this yeah. kind of music right yeah. and, and you know for me you know i was into house but i was into hip-hop mm-hmm. funk and soul right and 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 that was a special time i think when all of those things mm-hmm. coexisted mm-hmm. and and brass was the place right. that all that happened. I think, you know, in New York, it was giant step mm-hmm. it was a very similar, yeah, you know, yeah, experience. They, we ended up being really close and affiliates yeah. to a certain degree. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was funny, like uh, you probably don't know this, but the reason, you know, I started brass with Orlando and Paul was because at the time the rave scene blew up in mm-hmm. LA and you know, there was just no like quote unquote, quote unquote house right. being played at clubs. It was all raves. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really resonate with the music that was being played at, at raves. Clubs. Yeah. At, at raves. Oh, at the raves. Yeah. And so I was looking at an alternative. And I always wanted to sort of contribute something to the scene. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was just a, a serendipitous thing. I mean, you know, you're gonna get trust. Uh, you're gonna get tested, if you you know uh, to trust yourself sure. and trust the universal flow and whatever. And I just said I'm willing to give this up, um, and trusting that another door would open. Mm. Orlando reaches out and says, "Man, I'm thinking we're thinking about starting this thing." And I said, and "I was totally thinking about the same thing. I was just really getting into quote unquote acid jazz. I yeah. I'd known it as rare groove, mm-hmm. and uh, we started this night with like." 50 people move the tables around where, and, where was the first at, night? Uh, at the grandia room on melrose oh wow and uh and next thing i know it was like lying down the block for the next two years yeah. you know and and then we were able to introduce la to brand new heavies and jamiroquai and, and just a lot of stuff happened from yeah. it and then during that time period i was actually going to San Francisco to play house music. <laughs> so I'd literally play in San Francisco on Saturday at a residency and fly back on Sunday. Oh, wow. Move tables around, mm-hmm. right. open brass. And then just a lot of stuff happened from that. Yeah, I'm just, sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, that was a, it was a magical it was experience. It was very special because just the things that are just so unpredictable, we say mm-hmm. we're just going to do this for the love. Right. And next thing we know, the club just blew up it. Uh, mm-hmm. Even to this day, like it, it's hard to compare any club to brass. Yeah, it right. was just really special. It, it was a really a culture in itself. Yeah. Do you think you can do? Th- do you think you can make that kind of impact today and with in, in that way? And like, could someone come along and start a club 
sure that I, has that sort I of think, impact. But you know, it's timing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the music. It's the venue. It's yeah. all those. It's like right. a perfect storm of mm. things to converge and yeah, it can happen. But it, it will only happen, I think, from someone uh, from a soul response. Mm-hmm. You know, right. not trying yeah. to predict something. It's just right. like acting from here and your heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. So uh, go back before before Frankie and and you were uh, how'd you. How did you discover house music, and what were you into before that? I was really into. <laughs> this is gonna be funny. Really into eighties. Okay. Like, <laughs> like I mean, my, I like, still love eighties. Eighties is like like K Rock, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who's who's Depeche a, Mode. Okay. I, I remember Depeche Mode. Just can't get enough. Yeah. That was like my first song that I was like dance song in you know, of the 80s genre yeah. that I just fell in love with. And KROQ used to play it every morning at the same time. Is that right? So I made sure I was in my car. <laughs> because oh my of God, that's so de- funny. Because of Depeche Mode, I was basically on time with my car. That's amazing. Because <laughs> wow, so they played it literally so cool. the same time every morning wow. for a while. And then, um, but, but what heavily influenced me in that genre and music at that time was you know there's always a club there that's mm-hmm. a piece yeah to that pie and um there was a club in hollywood called the odyssey okay and they just went all over the place they played like you know buffalo gals to like bronski beat to mm-hmm. you know just mm-hmm. they went all over the place and i just love that about yeah. it and and so you know to give you some sort of gauge on my love for music is I'd go there with my boys. They'd be looking for girls. I'd be next to the DJ booth writing down titles. Right. Oh my gosh. You know, and yeah. that was really me. I mean, I collected a lot of music before sure. mm-hmm. I ever decided to DJ. Yeah. I had a really, that's, you know, I had the music way before. Was there a moment when you decided I'm gonna become a DJ? Well, it, <laughs> it another bit of serendipity happened with that because I had a friend who was a DJ, was a mobile DJ. That's what most people were at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't have as many records as I did, and so. I had this huge record collection and he had the equipment and so we struck up this deal. I took all my records over to his house. I just wanted him to make cassettes for me, basically, Mm -hmm. with my music. So that was the deal. And after a while, I just remember he had a full load in school or whatever and he said, you're too picky. Let me just show you how to do this. (laughs) So that's what, so basically my friend Tracy Trin um, is the one who, you know, said, this is how you do it. Turntable one, mm-hmm. turntable two, and then maybe a couple months into it, he's like, "Hey, would you like to do a party with me?" And at nice. the time, it was like a local party, recreation hall kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I played my first party, and uh, and you know, it went very well. Mm-hmm. Just put it that way. <laughs> and he kind of grabbed me at the end of the night, and he, he grabbed me by my shoulder, and he's like, "You have it, quote unquote." Mm-hmm. And I really think you should really pursue this nice and from there i just sort of saved up and you know 
bought my own equipment and all that stuff. And yeah. What and was the first record you ever bought? Um, it might have been. It might have been. Hmm. Oh, it might have been Aerosmith's Toys in the Attic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty far. Yeah, yeah. Oh, We've I've come got a long a way. Full, I mean, I'm, I grew up a skater in Santa Monica. Sure. So that was the soundtrack. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, yeah. Ted Nugent, whatever. He's a different animal now, but anyway. Yeah. No, he was. <laughs> but he, he was, was doing a, his thing. He was part time. of the soundtrack, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was. Um, it, that's always going to be part of my musical dna mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, you, do you can you hear that or can you feel that influence in your music now yeah i i feel like even the rock that i gravitated to at the time had a soul about it mm. yeah so that's probably been the common thread in the music that i choose it has a soul to it yeah 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 i mean I, you know I, I think so you know the kind of music that you make and you know mm-hmm. i guess we call it deep house mm-hmm. is a I think a really special it's really interesting because <laughs> <laughs> why do that no it is it really is because of uh, how many things are labeled deep house and mm. well yeah that's one of the things sound. i want to talk about right is all yeah. of a sudden that's become a term yeah today that i think doesn't necessarily have the same meaning that it does for you mm-hmm. but also i think you know it's it's a style that um compared to maybe other genres doesn't change a lot mm-hmm. right whereas like i think you, you mean know, the arrangement yeah or, or you, is that what yeah. you speak yeah that's true it's very simple a majority of it is well i think you know if we talk about edm right in the sort of mainstream yeah. big you know big room mm-hmm. edm like that's a really rapidly evolving genre mm-hmm. you know and we've gone in the last three years like through you know electro and dubstep and mm-hmm. all these different sounds right that you know these guys are like hearing something and then building on it and mm-hmm. moving really fast mm-hmm. and you know hip-hop in some ways is probably a little slower but it's similar right mm-hmm. right because there's this there's this um reaction right mm-hmm. i hear this record and now i want to go take that and yeah. turn that into my own thing mm-hmm. whereas i feel like you know in in your music and and that style of music right there's this much more like consistent flow mm. to you know i think we can put on records that you were playing mm-hmm. 10 years ago and they're yeah. not going to sound dated mm-hmm. well that's the whole thing i i think i really think um you know substance equals timelessness you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. and so i like to think that some the music i play has layers to it and some musicality to it and and not just you know not too minimal or whatever and it's great for whoever plays it but i just have to be true to myself and i know i can't you know really play anything that doesn't have some staying power Mm -hmm. in my opinion so how much attention do you pay to to what's going on in the broader like edm world or pop music or how much how much does that yeah well i pay attention to it just 
to be informed and and, and I get I get inspiration from a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so even if I go to hear someone and it's not the music that I play, there could be an element in there mm -hmm. that I get. So I've never been one of the guys to like waste my time hating on other DJs and right. EDM. Mm -hmm. Any time that's going towards that is time away from me creating what I'm out to right. sure. create. You yeah. know? So um, there's no need, you know, and the people that I respect don't do that either. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and with EDM, it's, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm just a person that when I see a lot of people having a good time, I have an appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. I don't judge Definitely. it. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. especially just coming back from Coachella and just, I went to all the stages. I go, <laughs> oh, no, that's not deep enough. Over there right. For me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, there's things to learn, I think, in everything. What stood out to you from Coachella this year? Like any, any, any performances? Well, it's so funny now because I've got nephews now and I took them the second week with me and, and they're on top of all the yeah. you now. And they sure. got their own network mm -hmm. of friends and mm -hmm. all the stuff. They keep them up on everything and they all share, you know. And, um, and so it, it was funny to go to hear FK Twigs, which a lot of people have been on top of, but there's so much out there. I'm mm -hmm. like, I heard of her, but mm -hmm. I had never seen her live. there and I saw her and I was just I really loved what she was doing because for me it was like this mix of two of my favorite groups which are a little Sade and a little Massive mm -hmm. Attack mm -hmm. you know that's what I heard and I'm sure there's other things and what have you but I really I she is one of the artists I really enjoyed not just her music but the artistry of mm -hmm. her performance and all that the dance and what have you and then there was other people like Alabama shakes you okay. know like there was just so wow. war on drugs yeah people were just I, I love festivals mm -hmm. you know I just I just remember being you know a child and seeing footage of Woodstock and mm -hmm. it just resonated with me at an early age like I want to be at festival yeah I want right. to be a part of festivals and mm -hmm. so you know yeah it happened you know it's happening and and I really appreciate festival culture from Coachella to Burning Man to Lightning in a Bottle to everything. I just like to see a lot of people having fun outdoors, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like, I, I love festivals, and then I love clubs. Mm -hmm. I don't really like concerts. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the right, right. traditional go to right. Verizon and stand mm -hmm. there watching somebody mm -hmm. do their thing on stage. Like, that, right. Doesn't, right. that doesn't get me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think part of it is that, you know, you know, I like, like, part of it is feeling like you're part of the action. Mm -hmm. When you're at a club, you know, the music obviously is important, yeah. but the DJ is usually hidden in the booth. Mm -hmm. And so what that does is it makes it more of this kind of communal experience mm -hmm. that we're all having on the dance floor together, yeah. mm -hmm. as opposed to the disconnect of watching somebody on stage. That's true. That I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and 
the, but you know, at the same time, it's funny because after I saw FK Twigs at Coachella, I was, you know, back at home and just thinking like, I really love to see her <laughs> again. Like, and, and I knew that I was going to be back in LA the next Saturday, although I was playing at Coachella next week, I had to be back in LA on the Saturday. Mm -hmm. So I was going to miss her. Oh, but wow. then one of my boys reaches out on Tuesdays like, Hey, do you want to come to Belasco tonight? We have a table or whatever. Nice. Twix. So I'm like, I can't. Yes. The universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so awesome. I, I realized, I was like, I haven't been to a show in a minute. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? I yeah. think because, you know, I've been out playing or whatever so yeah. much, you, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't come up as often. Or, right. Or I don't put as much effort into going to see shows. Yeah. And so going to see her there, that was, that was nice. It mm -hmm. was a nice change, I mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. After you do the other thing so much like maybe going to sure. <laughs> into that situation would be refreshing for me yeah right. and so uh you know and i did want to say other things that i appreciated at coachella were like i went to hear jamie xx mm -hmm. and i just really appreciated what he did like because you know you're in the mojave tent Right. And I just think people have in their heads, okay, we got to figure out how to keep all these people moving. And he just <laughs> played from the soul. Like he played eclectic. Nice. And I walked mm. in there. And, and when we got in there, he was playing, um, um, what did he, Let No Man Put Us Under by First Choice, which is a oh, wow. garage record. And this, you know, in this big tent full of people that are, is known to be like more of a band or EDM, mm -hmm. you know, there's a certain style or whatever you have to play in there, and he just did his thing, and I really respected that. You know, in this big tent full of people that is known to be like more of a band or EDM. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a certain style or whatever you have to play in there. And he just did his thing, and I really respected nice. that. And you know, it's whenever I see artists like that, it just it's a reminder for me. Yeah. Like just in case we might stray or whatever, <laughs> just like try not to, but right. just a good yeah. reminder to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was uh, Florence and the Machines. Oh yeah. Dang, I, I missed her. I. Yeah. I mean, that is really far away from anything I would listen to. Yeah, yeah I'm very amazing. surprised by that. And yeah. yeah, a friend dragged me to the show, mm -hmm. and it was one of the best shows no, I've ever no, seen. No, they're amazing. They yeah. really are. Yeah, I love yeah. her. Yeah. But um, I was already familiar with their amazingness. So is that right? <laughs> so I've I was just I wasn't. I would love to see her that her band live. Well, yeah. you like your. That's I love your thing. Florence and the Machine. Yeah. I mean, I love her look. I love mm -hmm. her style. Yeah, exactly. She like takes me somewhere. Yeah. I could listen to her album over and over, mm -hmm. or their album over and over yeah. again. But for me, it was like the, just the full engagement. Like she, you know, yeah. she took her shoes off, she that's took her right. shirt that's off, right. and yeah. she was yeah. running through the From crowd. The yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not right. missing a note. I don't know yeah. how yeah. you can do that. I know. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know, when I, I mean. I I, uh, I respect what you said about we're not gonna hate on anybody, mm -hmm. but you know, but I can't help feel when I see stuff like that, or when I see somebody like you play, mm -hmm. like I can't help but feel that the people that sort of fake it, mm -hmm. 
like they're missing out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that, uh, you know, I'm not, I mean, everybody, right, right. everyone can, is entitled to do their own thing, right? If you want to stand on stage and pretend your turntables are plugged in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's your business. I feel, you see, the thing is, I totally agree with that, but I just feel like um, that is going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to voice anything about right. it. Mm-hmm. It's going to work. Yeah, it yeah, it yeah. has historically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worked itself out. So me saying something doesn't matter. Yeah. It's already moving in that direction. Yeah. You know? That's Can fair. I, um, so this, I'm, I'm not in nowhere near like a DJ or <laughs> my, my library is questionable. <laughs> but I, you know, I've seen DJs play and I've been very mesmerized by mm-hmm. them. And I always think like, wow, that feeling must be so amazing to be up there playing for a room and everyone's jamming mm-hmm. to your music. Yeah. What does that do to you? Like... Well, I like I, what happens. I want to go in your mind. Like what happens? Like I want to feel that, but I'll never be able to feel that because I'll never do that. I, I will never be a DJ. To I don't know what that right. feels like. When I play music for my friends at the house and they get excited about mm. my choice of music, I get excited because they're excited. Right. But there's something else <laughs> there. I know that there's like this this spirit that like well, kind of takes over. Well, I just see it as this a reciprocal loop of energy with the crowd. Right. So so. Me, uh, I, I just feel like artists in general, we're sort of like this empty like conduit mm. to mm. send it back. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think that also I never really got into that aspect of it. I honor the energetic that mm-hmm. shows up through it all. But I think, again, at the time that I got into it, it was for the love. These people are having a great time that's what it's about right and i don't really take too much time to think like uh, you know because i've i've been asked that from a different perspective from people that just want that energy mm-hmm. right. you know what i mean yeah. and and so it and i've seen people do whatever it takes to get that energy and it's almost like feeling feeling a void mm-hmm. you, you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. That I want to feel that energy, and I think I, I'm, it might sound cliche, but I think I've just been filled with so much love from my family growing up that I don't really seek it on a major. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. because it's been sort of packaged that way mm, to me. Like, the like, like people need the yeah. attention. I mean, I've right. seen it. I've seen what people give, what parts of themselves people give up to get that attention. Right. And to me, it's not really worth it. Right. Oh man, we. Yeah. I mean, just hearing you talk, we just uh, just watched the uh, the Kurt Cobain documentary. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so wild. And but that was you just summed up his life, his career, mm-hmm. right? It was like he became his creativity was a reaction to not feeling that love, right? Right. And then he was yeah. trying to fill that right. void, and ultimately, yeah. you know. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate it, but I never want to get to where I, I'm dependent on it. Sure. You know, right. because it's like if it's not there, it's like who am I? Yeah, because then you it's know? not and fun anymore. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. But I do appreciate. I mean, it's electric. You know, it, it feels amazing. So, yeah. so take us in the room. Then you're in the booth mm-hmm. or on stage, and the energy's not there that night mm-hmm. from the, you know. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I. The main thing is to, like, I talked about before, not make it mean anything about me Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and just do my best to play the music that 
I feel and also you know but tune into the room as well yeah and you just do your best and you know you you'll have those nights and mm-hmm. and um, you know but I call them night the nights where you make lemonade you know you take the lemons and make lemonade <laughs> you know yeah for sure yeah that's funny so uh, let's talk about deep mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't mentioned <laughs> that but you but you've had this you've, you've been doing deep for how long now uh, 16 years yeah, and it's a club. It's a label. Mm, it's a brand. That hasn't become a label yet, but okay. that's in the works. Okay. Yeah, but it's more so a brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what is um, well, what's going on? What's new? Well, um, well, what's important at this point is to just really take care of the baby, as they say, mm-hmm. and, and keep nurturing the baby and. And um, and so basically, you know, like you said, you you had mentioned something earlier about what people are doing to make the decisions for the brand, whatever. And and you're right. There is an aspect of the business that you. I mean, it's funny. You know, you. I grew up with more of an artist mindset, and so I would find myself gravitating to these partnerships where my partner was a business side. Right. Because mm, I didn't want to yeah, deal with that. Smart. And then later on, I learned as part of taking care of your art to learn the business mm. and participate yeah. in the business, yeah. which was when I started Deep, which was probably, you know, the first, uh, you know, event of significance that I did on my own mm-hmm. because of not wanting to deal with that struggle mm-hmm. with my partners, wanting to put... Uh, treat artists as I would want to be treated. So you might be in a partnership where the person's like, well, let's put them in this hotel for $75. And I'm like, no, let's put them in this one for 150 right. You know what I mean? And yeah. I was tired of arguing about stuff right. like that. I just, you know, believed in a certain way of treating people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, you know, I have no one else to answer to. Yeah. Right. And not that I'm not open to partners or whatever, but it would definitely, they would definitely have to have that sort of mindset as well no sure it's hard partnerships are tough Mm -hmm. and uh you know kind of what you're talking about like we Mm -hmm. each go through our own process and and you know have our own needs and values Mm -hmm. and try to marry that together yeah Yeah. it's tough to make that work yeah and you know there's there's a whole thing where like you know before we did deep every sunday night and then it went from that to a monthly and then there's do i feel pressure to get back into a weekly mm-hmm. thing and I'm like no <laughs> I like it where it is yeah. mm-hmm. this works for my life like mm-hmm. this my life feels more in balance this right. way this way and things like that and you know and we're doing like merchandising stuff but mm-hmm. things that are you know I feel authentic to deep mm-hmm. right. you know and uh, some things that are happening serendipitously through other people yeah. right. that might present us with an opportunity or something like that but but I'm not I don't feel like I'm out there chasing anything. And it's very important for me to be able to look myself in the mirror and know I'm not acting from a place that isn't authentic to me and as mm-hmm. well as the art, you know? So when you think about Deep as a brand, mm-hmm. how do you, is it is it all your gut that tells you what's what the brand is and what, what fits and what doesn't? Or is there? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you know, just checking in on how I feel and, and and also just 
um, it's been interesting lately because I've been going through a lot of old flyers and old press stuff and just seeing this consistency of, you know, um, being true, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, and just really trusting that. And, and in that, like I'm doing things now that I didn't set out to do. I never set out to do merchandise stuff. And then you see how well your merch sell and you're like, right. I'm not going right. to, you know what I mean? There's, yeah. It, yeah. there's the need, you know, and, um, and seeing that it brings people that much joy and it feels com like community because uh, it's wild. Like some of the places I play and people show up in deep shirts. I'm like, where did you even get that? I mean, that's you know, awesome. Mm -hmm. Australia or something, you know what I mean? And so that, that part of it just feels like a family to me. Mm -hmm. Seeing merch different places doesn't make me go, Oh, they're wearing my merch. Right. right. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it's like, you know, well, it's funny. Cause I think, you know, the big, the big, corporate brands mm -hmm. they would kill for that mm -hmm. yeah right they mm -hmm. you know that's they spend all this money to try to achieve that and right. and, and they can't because right. it's not right. mm -hmm. authentic right what do you think like those you know what do you think a big company could learn from a business like yours um i would say to sort of take into consideration um, what they're trying to do and how they want it to fall on people. Like, you know, that's, you know, if you're doing something from a certain place, I feel like people will, it'll resonate with people. So it depends on what their vision is. Some people are just like, want to go for the quick mm -hmm. hit or whatever sure. and whatever. But if you really want staying power, I would suggest building some sort of foundation in authenticity with your brand and mm -hmm. i feel like it still can yeah right. reach a great level of success in the business world yeah you know yeah i think too many businesses miss that point right mm -hmm. that that consistency mm -hmm. and sort of stability is really important and mm -hmm. you know i see we see brands all the time that like they go full on in one direction, and mm -hmm. then uh, two years later, right. they, they go, never focus. mind. Yeah. Well, you, well, you have to understand, people are unknowingly trained to miss it mm. in business school or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, you know, and they're not trained to tap into their authentic self. This is how you make money. Right, boom, right, boom, right. boom. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And are so, there, is there stuff like that that you've had to like unlearn? Um, unlearn, if anything, I probably had to learn more of the business mm. side, right. Yeah, you know, yep. but the other part was pretty ingrained. Did right. you have conversations like, that's not deep, this is deep yeah. constantly, mm -hmm. and you, oh, you're yeah, like, no, yeah. I have to and I've, I've had out. to do, I've had people, though, I've, I remember working with someone, and they were, you know, they help, were helping me do some of my social media stuff, they were like, well, you know, you can go over here, and you can buy 10,000 likes. Right. You know, and I'm like, yeah. and that's, that's crazy to that's you. Not, yeah, right? that, yeah, and I would never dream of that because well, I that's feel crazy. Like, period. Yeah, but people right. do it. Yeah, yeah. people do it for some. Perception. And I'm sure it works to a certain degree. Yeah, there are some people that go to page. Oh, he's got fifty thousand likes. He must right. be whatever. But that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. Right. I'd rather like know that the people that like my page found out about me some way mm -hmm. or right. got influence or, or whatever. You know, but not by me 
you know, really soliciting. Right, right, right. Faking like, it. Well, do you see that? Yeah. You, you know, I've heard uh, people talk about like, if I have more likes, I'll get, you know, there's pro certain promoters. I'm sure. You know, or labels or whatever that want to mess with me that mm -hmm. didn't before. Like, I, and I'm sure to a certain degree it works. Yeah. Right. I, I guarantee you that. But it depends on what matters to you. Right. right. Like me, like knowing I did that, mm -hmm. it, it would just cost me too much. Right. Within me. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It just, and I, and I really trust the, the process and the flow of my life and my career. Mm -hmm. I, right. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Have, have you ever been faced with something like that? Like a challenge where somebody's like, if you can do this, then we'll support you. And it oh. was like a challenging moment for you because you needed it, but then you decided to stay authentic. Yeah, yeah. There's been several things. And it, it goes, the, runs the gamut. Either that or doing a party for a cigarette company where mm -hmm. I could make 30 grand or something. Right. right. I'm like, no. I'm not down with cigarettes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so, and uh, yeah, so you always. That's I, why I, they, that's why they pay so much. Cause they know. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to mess with them. Well, you know, at the end of the day for me, you know, it's the, the, um, you know, it, it's the journey is the destination, you know? Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So if I thought I was put here, to make a lot of money, yeah, that might appeal to me. But right. if I thought I was here to evolve and grow, I'm probably going to check things out and go, okay, I'm, I've got this opportunity to really check in with who I am mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. right. And that's why I'm not going to go with that sponsor. Right. You know what I mean? What if you came into a lot of money? What, what would you do? What would you do with it? There's a, there's a lot of things I would do in the area of philanthropy. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know. Um, Any particular causes that are close to you? Um, well, I'm one of the things I'm always sort of gravitating towards are the, the, the people that are the most helpless mm -hmm. in all this, which are like the children. Yeah. You know. And um, and so whether it's getting food to regions that are just really in bad shape mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and under some sort of <laughs> not unlike us, but on, under some sort of governmental control mm -hmm. that doesn't allow. Right for that to happen mm -hmm. yeah and, and and when they do have the resources yeah you know what i mean yeah that's pretty common i think uh i mean it happens here right <laughs> sure yeah, mean, big time. you know and so but you know there's so many things it's like you know pick one is it, mm -hmm. is it the overfishing of the oceans is it killing the sharks is it <laughs> you know what i mean there's just the water thing here, like, I don't think it's really, uh, honestly, I don't really feel like people are going to pay attention until we turn on the faucet and nothing comes out. Right. That's just how it is yeah. here. You know yeah. what I mean? And so it, any way that I could use that money to raise awareness mm -hmm. is probably something I would choose. But it's, a, you know, it's a steep hill, but someone's got to try. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not to sound like it's hopeless, but, you know. <laughs> 
but no, but it needs work. No, it yeah. does. But it's, do you, you know, have a, do you have these intimate conversations with the fans, like around causes that you believe in? Well, I think I've drawn those people to me. Mm-hmm. Like I have a thing, you know, about Facebook. It's like, if you want to post about food, you'll find all the foodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to find, if you want to post about puppies, you'll find all the puppy people. And whatever. Right. And so once people see what you're about, you will attract your tribe. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so if people see that I'm doing things with charities and stuff, they've reached out to me and you know and if and if I could I would definitely help and play that charity or whatever or have conversations right. around it and things like that. Yeah. 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 I'm a, I'm open to, I'm just a real people person in general. I mm-hmm. love to have conversations about many things and yeah, so I'm definitely, I mean, most people can see that for sure. That, sure. that like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm open. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, uh, back to Deep for a minute. Was, was there a most memorable night? Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say our 10-year anniversary mm-hmm. was quite memorable because I just felt like, it was beyond everything we imagined yet knowing the potential was there for Mm -hmm. it to be that Mm -hmm. but to actually see it come to fruition who played that was a night with uh louis vega and tony humphreys downstairs and rich medina and spin upstairs nice (laughs) sorry i missed that josh wish he was there (laughs) prince dropped in and was it it was just nice everything My, my family was there my mom was there and yeah it was just a special night all around mm-hmm. yeah but we've i mean and that says a lot because we have had quite a few we've mm-hmm. had really many many special nights at deep and and if i didn't feel like we've had them this year or anything i wouldn't be doing deep but i really did i went on quite a journey with um this is when i took my hiatus uh, that I recently have come off of in the studio uh, was when um, I really wanted to be present for my dad's health challenges mm-hmm. and uh, seeing that through his transition. And and at that time, during that period, I really didn't have a lot of time, a lot, lot of energy to put into deep, and I was pretty much mm. a one-man show at that point. And... Uh, and what was amazing is after I came out of that and through that, Deep was still here. You, I mean, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was doing events throughout that, but they were just, it was sort of like this machine right. that was going. And I, I just been like, wow, I don't know what was happening. because. But it just let me know that I felt like I have right. a cosmic nod mm-hmm. that I'm doing the right thing. And, and, uh, and then after that, it was just really about sort of getting it where I thought it should be mm-hmm. after that you know after actually putting energy into it right. mm-hmm. and uh, and and I can honestly still walk in there and go it's still really good yeah you know and and I have a saying about that in clubs that you know I've brought to an end or whatever I don't like to stop them when it's just down dwindling mm-hmm. last few people as soon as it starts to feel like work that's when I stop it. Mm. And so the, I've stopped doing clubs when they were packed. Yeah. Right. But it, the, the essence had changed. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, as a business 
person, right? Mm-hmm. That you, you know, we, we talk a lot about branding. We talk a lot about, you know, making money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like one of the, the benefits of, of building a good business mm-hmm. is that from time to time you can coast a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, that, that's true. And you, you know, if you if you overuse that, mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. Yeah, right. 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 We've all seen that or done it, but you know, but you need you need to be able to earn a day off or a week off or that's a right. month off. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the mark I think of a good business. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and actually, and I think that's what was different before. I just kind of was doing it as it came along, and it was you know working to a certain degree, and then after a while you actually start to plan right. for, you know, I actually want to take this amount of time off, so I'm going to set things up in order that when that comes around, I'm able to take that time off. Mm-hmm. And even now, like, my schedule is really going crazy, so I have to go, oh, this date, I'm not going to, you have to let my agent know I'm not available that weekend, right. or I'm just not going to be home at all, mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. know, and things like that, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's funny you say that. You know, I, so I... I played with club promotion a little mm-hmm. bit and was not that good at it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, I should, I never took it that seriously. Right. But, you know, the the um, high point for me, we did a club in the late 90s called Dirt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was, and Paul Stewart was yeah, one of the partners. Yeah. yeah. And uh, for me, like just getting to work with Paul, mm-hmm. you know, who had been a huge influence on mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And you know he was a partner in Brass, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, you know that was that was a huge win, and we did one of those where like we had like seven partners, mm-hmm. and so no one had to actually do that much work, and it it mm-hmm. worked out. And you know, <laughs> yeah. we're booking. Uh, we, we had a couple of tricks up our sleeve. That was one. Right. Is like you split, and then you know obviously no one's making that much money either. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really the money for us. Right. It was more just having a hot night. And then we had a couple of the partners worked at labels, so they were able to get talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, so we had Rakim and EPMD, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, all this great talent. And and the club, you know, I remember. Oh, it was a. Uh, it was a. It was a. I think we had Destiny's Child mm-hmm. release party. Yeah. And it was this huge thing, and Janet Jackson had a table, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, it was this just <laughs> incredible night. Yeah. And then the next week we had a gang war in front of the club, like literally sheriffs shut the street mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. this is at a key club. It was billboard live yeah, yeah. at the time. Right. Yeah, I remember. And you know, the week after that was over. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing lasted, you know, six months Yeah, for those of us in it. It was this great mm-hmm. thing, but you know, it, for me, there was a good lesson that I was able to take from that, which was we had no plan. We mm-hmm. had, and we went from literally being the hottest thing mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. city mm-hmm. to to over right. mm-hmm. in in two weeks. Yeah, and it was just all because you know nobody, no one was paying attention, mm-hmm. right? Myself included. Mm-hmm. We were just kind of doing our thing, mm-hmm. enjoying it while it was mm-hmm. fun, and yeah. then you know, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, and you know, yours isn't the first. Case no, I've heard of that happening. I've heard, I've seen that exact thing play out mm-hmm. several times over the time. You know, I've been involved in events and yeah. yeah well, there's, there's not really a, a blueprint, or I mean, there is right. We we could follow examples, mm-hmm. you know, of people that are doing it right. Mm-hmm. But I think 
uh, you know, there's no barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, oh, I want to produce, you know, I want to promote a night. Mm-hmm. All, all you got to do is get somebody to let you have the room, mm-hmm. which isn't that hard. Mm-hmm. And then you're a promoter. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to know anything about the business or how to run a door or how to book talent or, you know, yeah. any of that stuff. Right. And you can just be in it, which right. is good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. Because you started that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you take your lumps and, mm-hmm. you know, one one day you wake up, you're like, oh, okay, I, <laughs> like I actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, and there's been several times where like, you know, like you're just on the cusp of going, I don't know. <laughs> no, if I want to keep doing it, then something else will happen. And you're mm-hmm. just like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm supposed to keep doing this. And yeah. Yeah. What would you like to see happen with Deep? Um... I would like for it to really expand further into the sort of global arena. And mm-hmm. I mean, just doing, just taking it on the road more. Because mm-hmm. I do do events in San Francisco and New York and what have you. But, um, and this is inspired by, you know, just feedback and, and just being in having a global community. Yeah. And and people wanting us to, you know, would love to see something like that there. Although, the, you know, you say, oh, yeah, there's a house club there. But I think what we do is special and, you know, and I'd love to, you know, take it to other places. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. What's uh, what's stopping you from taking it? Do you need like well, a team? Well, actually, it, it's all in motion right mm-hmm. now. So I'm not complaining. You know, nice. and and uh, and. Um, and also just it to continue to be a platform to for other artists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and that's that's one of the things i miss about doing a weekly cuz i could feature a lot more people mm-hmm. right. but now you know when you do a monthly you you have to go okay yeah. this is what i'm doing on right, these right. 12 dates or whatever mm-hmm. and, yeah. and half of them are like res- resident nights or so you really mm-hmm. have six or whatever and, but now you know there are other things happening to where we're going to do more events a month but in different venues which is sort of playing back into that and and also not you know just from I feel very fortunate to be able to cross-pollinate with some of the uh, newer artists and in their audiences Mm -hmm. like you know recently I just did um, this thing called crew love in San Francisco with oh, Soul cool. Clap and Pillow Talk and all those guys and and you know just hearing you know this other just tapping into this other pool of talent being wanting to feature them at Deep as well and mm-hmm. so steps are being take, taken in that way nice you know because you know I definitely had a lot of artists come through our doors and just really want to continue that and also you know produce events that will continue to merge our audiences you know Mm -hmm. yeah who's been uh the biggest surprise the biggest surprise um surprise i don't know but because I feel like there are, are few people that are really making an impact. Yeah. Like, and it's 
what I'm noticing there, labels and crews. That's really what it's sure. about. And so, you know, you have to give a lot of respect to Damien Lazarus and Crosstown Rebels and and then um, Get Physical and Hot Creations, of course. I mean, they mm -hmm. really changed the landscape yeah. of, you know, house music. So have you ever, have you booked somebody that like, not necessarily that you weren't sure about, but you weren't expecting them to bring it like they brought it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at doing my homework. Okay. <laughs> so That's good. That's good. So I kind of yeah. thought that they would bring it. Who do you think is a, um, like who's an underrated DJ that people should pay more attention to? God, who was I talking about recently? We'll have to come back to that one. Okay. Because, but there was someone that I, you think I really thought in that way. But okay. But the funny thing is a lot of people that were previously underrated are really getting their due. Yeah. Like Harvey. Yeah. You know? And so, but they're from the older school. So, obviously, anybody that I feel is underrated is going to be probably from the older school. Because sure. I feel mm -hmm. like a lot of the younger people are getting, you yeah. know, yeah, they're just due. So. Okay, we Not have a couple of Twitter questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, one is, what? Wait, who is this from? Shark Feichel. Mm -hmm. What I was the first that. house record? The first house record is considered to be "On and On" by Jesse Saunders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the first house record that I played would probably be, um, that I played a lot, I should say, because I have on and on and like that record as well. But there are a couple that really did it for me. And one would be Blazes, If You Should Need a Friend. And then there was uh, there's um, your love by Frankie Knuckles. Okay. So those are, are like early Chicago stuff was pretty much the stuff. Mm -hmm. that was, I mean, although Blaze was on a New York label, that it was actually I, the first records that I got were Chicago were records from Chicago because at the time I started mail ordering with Derek Carter oh, who wow. was working at imports etc there and I was just like send me everything that's hilarious and so that's how that's it, because of Derek is really how I started this really expansive house music collection and, and yeah. of course it was funny later on when we start doing gigs together remember when <laughs> remember I, when I used to mail order with you and it, it was just it was just funny that's when great look back at it but yeah so how do you, how does it, uh, obviously finding new music now is a totally different process. How, how does that, how do you do that? 
Um, well, you have to dig. There is just no other way around. Unless you want to play what everyone else is playing. Mm. Um, and there is there are some common hits that I've actually liked the records, but it's very important to uh, someone wrote something recently about it's important what you play in between the hits mm. and so to find things to find those gems as well mm-hmm. i love and that so so you know it goes from everything from me listening to other people's podcasts to digging in on the various sites track source beat port mm-hmm. what have you and uh uh, you know, this is the thing that's difficult now that's made that whole process. Um, you know, we used to have, like, uh, there was a part of the DJ culture is just going to this store. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, to buy your vinyl records and what have you. And at the time, the distributors were the gatekeepers. So they were the filters. Right. For, you know, and so, quote unquote, undesirable music (laughs) didn't really make it through many of the channels yeah so they already went through the process for you so you could just pick from this bevy of you know fairly quality records Mm -hmm. and now i could produce a crappy track right now and put it up on put it up if i had a label Mm -hmm. or whatever and and it didn't have to go through any sort of process and so so now people like me and a lot of other DJs are faced with literally 500 to a thousand promos a week to sift through oh, wow. That's and crazy. come out of come out of it with literally a handful of records that we feel will have staying power will will make it into our crates you know that's so amazing you say that you know I was just thinking like my collection's not that big mm-hmm. but it's really good mm-hmm. and partly because you know i used to go to street sounds to see steve loria mm-hmm. i yeah, used to go exactly, to steve. uh what was the store I used to, where doc worked on prime his, cuts prime cuts oh yeah and sure. i would sit there with doc for two hours and get that's a lesson right. that's mm-hmm. right and yeah. we would play stuff and talk that's about right. it and yeah you know mm-hmm. and like you had help from right. people right. that were that's right. in it. Yeah, that, that's the other part of it is you had people in the store that right. got to know you, got to know your taste over a right. period of time. Yeah. Hey, I, I pulled some things to the mm-hmm. side I think you'll like. No one's doing that. No. Yeah, you bring some records. Well, right, well, now you just go on to like Hype Machine and go under favorites and just see what the crowd is saying yeah, and then yeah. kind of filter that way. Yeah. But like I don't, I don't even know what I lo- like. Like my playlist... I don't even know what genre those guys are in. Mm-hmm. So people ask. I mean, I have no one educating me. I only just listen to the beat and go, I like that. And, and then hi- it's like, and then you have to take in other things into consideration. What is the process for something make it into making it into the hype machine? Right. Is it the label that gave us? Oh yeah. Their promo first. Mm-hmm. That they're, we're going to put in our hype machine because they gave us an exclusive for two weeks right. before it comes out on the other side, or is right. it actually? A record that represents, it, that's a true reflection of mm-hmm. what's hype right Absolutely. now. Right, right. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's it's so just interesting. Because, like, I mean, honestly, there will be things in some of the hype charts that, I'm, that to me, don't really belong in there. Yeah, no, I me. totally agree. So there's like matter. hit or misses on weeks. I'm like, ah, yeah. oh, there's nothing here. Um, I have a Twitter question from Mikey Jaswell. 
Why hasn't Deep House made it on the main stage versus trance, progressive, dubstep? Well, I, after going to Coachella and, <laughs> and other things, it's definitely moving in that direction. And, and some of the quote-unquote EDM guys or whatever, the bigger DJ, I see their sound moving back towards mm. that. And, they've, and several of them have written it and some articles had said something about like playing more of it and what have you you've got you know you've got big promoters like insomniac saying that we're not gonna feature any quote-unquote big dj that's sort of saying that we're moving in this direction a little more mm -hmm. i mean you can see it like just by being out there you know i can definitely see it i i saw at you know some of the stages at Coachella that wouldn't normally have DJs on them are putting yeah. certain DJs on there. And, and so I definitely see it moving in that direction. Now, what is key here is what this person's definition of Deep House is. Mm -hmm. Is it what's being called Deep House right. or, you know what I mean? Because there are some things that like I'm like when I buy music and I categorize it and it's saying Deep House, I'm like, no, that's Deep Tech. Mm -hmm. I'll put it in my Deep Tech folder. Okay. That's like for me, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So it's like, are, are, are you cool with right. <laughs> calling Deep Tech Deep House, mm -hmm. you know, right. or whatever. But I, I, regardless, I see it moving in that direction. Whether it's going to get as big as EDM, because I really find like, those things are so palatable for the mainstream. Like yeah. we're talking about EDM, we're talking like a lot of the music is centered around partying. Yeah, like hands in there and what right. have. You're not gonna really get that from deep house music. Right. You're gonna feel something in your soul, and mm -hmm. and people get into it. But EDM has that mass appeal mm -hmm. and things like that in hip hop too mm -hmm. there's hands in the hair yeah. hip -hop. the <laughs> things that are really the the genres that are really mm -hmm. blowing up kind of have that mass appeal i don't know if deep house will ever get there and i don't want to say i'm not sure if i wanted to but if yeah. it did make it there i would just hope that you know a lot of the you know um substance or the you know the authenticity of it is maintained. Mm -hmm. Now that that's a tricky dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know, as that happens, or to the extent that it happens, uh, that's a that's going to be part of your job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Is because you you represent that authenticity mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. continuity. Mm -hmm. Right, and and so a voice like yours becomes more and more important. Yeah. And and I feel like there's a there's quite a few people that are um, committed to that. And sure. in the aforementioned labels, you know, Crosstown, and all those guys are just doing putting out such amazing releases. I, I mean, you know, it's so funny in doing this. Like, uh, you know, when I played at Coachella, and and people were like, "We really like it. You're playing. You're mixing it up." And it's like. You know, like, what do you think? I'm just playing Soulful House. OK, you think I just play Soulful House at Burning Man? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. and the thing is, you I can honestly say I mix it up because I'm interested in the newer music that I'm mixing it up with. I don't feel like, oh, you know, I want to be I want to stay relevant. I should probably put some of this stuff in there like I really feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's some good new music out. Yeah. And um, 
and I mean, I'm not just new music, but over the last five years or so, some of it, I'm going back and finding some mm. of the earlier music from some of these labels. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But so much of it, like I said, so much of it has come out, you miss it. Right. And yeah. you'll be out and you'll hear something. And I'm like, oh, man, let me find out what that is. And I'll go back, find it on Beatport or whatever. Right. And it's like, 2011, what? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, where'd that Seriously. come from? Yeah, sure. like things, it's easy to miss things. And and this is the tricky part about like trying to not go out so much because every time I go out, I find new music. Mm-hmm. Like right. I, I was talking about that with one of my friends. It's like, man, it it's just crazy. Everybody you go listen to is playing different stuff. Right. And I always find, and so I'm like, if I didn't go out tonight, you yeah. know what I mean? Are you Shazamming like crazy? Uh, when when I can, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. I mean, I, I was talking to someone about this the other day, like at Coachella. Um, someone was playing. Chris Mullentech was playing um, in the Yuma tent, and he was just he just played ended his set with this really beautiful record, and I was in the middle of the floor, you know, dancing with some people, and I was like. I need to go find out what this is. <laughs> and so it's like when I lose that, that's yeah. probably when I'll stop playing. And yeah. so I literally waited for him to get done after asking a couple people around. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, no, we don't know what it is. Turns yeah. out it was his record. Oh, wow. So oh, nice. good to me record. And, and yeah, I was like, uh, you know, I still have that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very important to maintain that fire to do whatever it takes to find music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But you said you don't go out as much. I think we saw in an interview you mentioned that you you're more likely to go out and have some sushi than dance. Uh, than go out to go out dancing nowadays. No. I don't remember. No. <laughs> He's like that <laughs> changed. That, that, that's that's not true. That um now this is the thing. Like it depends on what my pull is to go out. I, mm-hmm. I won't just go out to go out. Right. But if I find like now I would probably go out more than I would at that time. And that I don't know, that could have been true at that time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because yeah. not a lot to me, there, I felt like the music really hit this lull oh, a few yeah. years back. Mm-hmm. And so that might have been true at the time. Mm. Right. I might have heard more interesting music at the sushi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> that's funny. So, um, but yeah. You know, and, and so that's why it's very important to me when I do go out to make it count when I go to these festivals mm-hmm. to go to every stage and listen yeah. to people. Even if I have to divide it, oh, I'm going to listen to that person for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I catch some. And, and the funny thing, it's it's not something I'm forcing myself. It's something like yeah, I really want to do yeah, because I think just from the historically um, knowing that I've just been made myself open to people and end up discovering something so right. knowing that that's always a possibility mm-hmm. you know what i mean right so are you oh you mentioned uh listening to podcasts what what podcast are you checking for um it it really varies there's you know you got boiler room you got be it tv you got um defected they mm-hmm. have one mm-hmm. it just like they come up and i'll just check you know they could be random podcasts. I, yeah. Like I'll find out about someone will post something and I'll mm-hmm. check it out. I just don't like to leave any stones unturned mm-hmm. as much as possible. And 
yeah check it out and i usually end up finding something yeah nice any uh oh give us um a good book you've read recently a good book see a lot of the books that i read are more on like you know self-development kind of thing and so okay that's i'm really i'm really style. i'm really into something called human design right now okay and it's sort of uh a combination of the kabbalah astrology and the teaching and and it's sort of probably the most accurate astrological sort mm. of reading mm. you could have and so it 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 basically um provides a blueprint as to how you operate best in the world mm -hmm. and i got turned on to it all a long time ago, but then I ended up befriending uh, this, well, she's one of my closest friends, my friend Lisa, and she actually does readings, human design readings. So I ended up buying oh, this book, and cool. and it's an it's an interesting thing because you, you'll sort of fall under one of five types. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're either gonna be a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, or a mm -hmm. reflector. Mm -hmm. And with these things come a certain set of traits you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like as you learn what the things you do that serve you right. versus the things that you do that don't serve you, mm -hmm. you will get closer. You will develop the ones, mm -hmm. commit to developing the ones that do serve you and releasing yeah, the like ones that. that don't. It's a, it's really intriguing. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of the things I read. And I'm reading Lonely Planet on Croatia. Okay. <laughs> because I'm going there oh, in July. I heard it's <laughs> beautiful. So those I'll are my two books right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of doing a little homework with that. Yeah, yeah. I've been dying to go to Croatia. Yeah, yeah. I heard it's yeah. gorgeous. Are you yeah, playing? me too. Yeah, I'm playing for our festival there called Sun's Beat. Okay. Oh, that's going to yeah. be amazing. Yeah, they appreciate it out there. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. It's a good place. Good oh, I, my friends all went to um, the boat regatta in mm -hmm. Croatia yeah, and yeah, had like yeah. the most amazing time. I'm yeah. like so jealous that they did that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Mark, you got any questions? Mark is a deep house DJ. Guys <laughs> uh, covered a lot of ground, I think. Okay. Mostly. Cool. Well, I could do this all day, man. They're going to yeah. kick us out. Yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, but this is oh, still what was uh, you saw who did you meet how was this like oh it was laid back Luke by the way who said it's about the tracks that he played yeah that's right that's who it was. He, was he was talking about how you yeah. shouldn't uh, get close to this, yeah. you shouldn't play the B-Port Top 100 mm -hmm. I think is what his, his, his uh, speech was centered around mm -hmm. you met someone I saw on your Facebook you met Paris Hilton right what was that like <laughs> it was awesome I, I went to play a after party I mean, I went to actually just attend Loco Dice's mm -hmm. after party at Coachella, and I'm sitting up there with my friends, and then Seth Troxler rolls in, and next thing I know, he's on the decks, and I'm still talking to my friends, and someone taps me on the shoulder. It's Seth, and he's like, Marcus, do you have any music with you? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> he's nice. like, go get it. Let's go back to back. And so next thing I know, Seth and myself are playing back to back. And then this person just comes out of nowhere and just hugs me. and is like, I love you. I love your music or whatever. And I kind of peel her off of me, and it's Paris Hilton. <laughs> and, and she was just really sweet and um, smart. And I, a couple of days later, I just wrote a post about and it wasn't about me being 
besties with Paris Hilton. It was like, why waste your energy hating on this person when your energy could be used to serve something better in your life? Mm -hmm. You know, all I know is I met her, she's sweet, whatever, and even if she wasn't sweet, and even if she didn't play music that you like, what does it matter? They're more, like, the people that I see complaining about her the most are the most, are probably, well, one thing I said about it was that, that she's not in your way, you're in your way. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's I mean, great. She's not taking gigs from you, trust me. <laughs> yeah, those are different gigs. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? And right. so, like I said, it's, again, letting things run its course. If she's meant to stay DJ, she will. And if not, you know, she won't. But what does it matter to you? Isn't what you're out there to create more important than you channeling your energy towards, you know, to me, it's all toxic, you know? And so it's like, I'd rather stay away from that, you know? And yeah. But I'll, I just had to give uh, everything I post is about my experience with that i'm not regurgitating or parroting what someone else is saying right. it's just like that was my experience mm-hmm. of her and and it was a pleasant experience oh, uh, that's it it's a good uh she seems to pop up in a lot of our podcasts especially when it comes to the djs paris so right. it's nice to see everyone mm-hmm. yeah she's around she, yeah she makes yeah. it around yeah well yeah and i think you know you, you bring up a good point which is that People get distracted with stuff that doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we heard from an earlier interview is like, she does her thing. It may be your thing. It may not be your thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. who cares? Right. But the, it's like the, it just the the tone of it is just like so personal and it's not right. personal, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, and she's not taking gigs from you personally. <laughs> right. Trust right. me, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I Absolutely. Mean, and, I mean, you know. Whoever is willing to pair whatever, that's their thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not. uh, You know what I mean? It. What does it matter to you at the end of the day? That's their choice. People can spend their money however they want to spend it. Right. You know. And. Yeah. No, I I think that's great. Last question. Going back to the uh, Twitter question we had, Mm -hmm. we were talking about Deep House, and that was. I think that was written through the framework of like, you know, Mark. Farina, mm-hmm. Carrie Chandler, mm-hmm. Dennis Ferrer, those times, right? I guess the question was, you know, why has this not really made, I mean, certain places, Chicago, you go to Detroit, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little different there, mm-hmm. right? But it hasn't really made main stage in the way that EDM has. Mm-hmm. But you talked about it's kind of going back and it's kind of getting there, mm-hmm. right? What do you think's driving that? Like, why are people sort of gravitating to more? Is it certain artists, certain DJs, or... You know, because it's, it's an interesting phenomenon. Well, well see, one of the things, you know, this is like the, you know, where you've got the pros and cons of putting a label on something. Right. Like when you mentioned Deep House, it's historically in music, it's like, okay, what can we call this so we can market it? Mm. Sure. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And now there's this Deep House thing, and some of the music isn't Deep House, but... As far as um, appealing to the ears of the people that will put it, you know, sure, on yeah. the main stage, right. it does that. So whether it is really deep house or not, it has that sound mm-hmm. 
I mean, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like some of it has this sound that is more um, commercially accessible or palatable. Mm -hmm. So how would I you would define say. then following that? How do you define what's deep house and what's not? Well, I mean, you know, I could name deep house records from the 90s, you know, sure. 80, late 80s, 90s, you know, as far as. But I just always called it house. Right. So, you know, but sometimes, you know, now it is important to, to say it so that people understand what you are promoting or mm -hmm. whatever. And but I think for the most part, the people that we are, you know, promoting to get it or what have you. Um, but just like any of the other music I play, I feel like Deep House is deep music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, you know, because I've I've heard different variations of it and and some of it is so incredibly minimal that i can't see it mm -hmm. ever going right you know mainstream because people need a little more mm -hmm. to get into for it to go sure. mainstream right. sure you know i mean it, a lot of it has no lyrics whatsoever right. so sounds. you know what i mean <laughs> just sounds yeah so uh, so when you're talking about EDM, there's a lot, you know, there are lyrics mm -hmm. and things like that and things for people to yell and, scream. and sing to <laughs> and those types of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, party, yeah, kind of party oriented. Yeah, I always kind of felt the same way. House is just house. If yeah, it sounds yeah. good, mm -hmm. it sounds good, right? Mm -hmm. And then I just sort of become a battle of all the different subgenres and it's no, it's this and this, and you could just argue mm -hmm. all day and day. Right. It's just, you know, house. Right. So, but I mean, Dennis Ferrer is probably to this point as close as it has gotten to being sure. like hey hey yeah, things yeah. like that because Dennis is um, I always give Dennis respect for that he's a great producer whether he's making a soulful house song or a bigger hit or whatever he, he makes quality production and I, I think that's another part of it mm -hmm. is like the the production quality yeah whether you like edm or not the production quality is that usually there mm -hmm. you right. know what i mean oh yeah it's, it's big. and so it like, big. when you're listening to some quote unquote deep house and stuff some of it is dirty you know i mean and it some people like it dirty but how personally i choose my records is like is the sonically like mm -hmm. production quality mm -hmm. and there's some records oh i really wish i could play that but you know the drums need to be brought up or you know it needs to be brought you know the production needs to be brought closer to the surface mm -hmm. to where you could hear the essence of the track or something like that mm -hmm. and so until the production level matches that i don't think i, I don't really see it getting there and but the thing is I don't know a lot of people that are really waiting for it to happen on that level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they people are fearful of it losing something, you know, which which they have good reason to do because Absolutely. once something becomes that big, there's a lot of people that want to cut into the pie, which mm -hmm. is all already happening. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's already happening. So, do you see that? Like, does is the crowd showing up at deep different? I've seen well. 
I've seen that happening for a while. But the cool thing about that is that people come for what we're doing. Yeah. So it's not like we see the crowd like, oh, I should play a little more this mm. way or whatever. I welcome that. Right. Well, and just like when people ask me, do would you ever want House to be on the radio? I'm like, yeah, if it maintains its integrity. Mm-hmm. You know, if the integrity yeah. of the music is maintained and it's not watered down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see it the same way. I mean, to me, that's crazy to not want certain people into something that you're sharing. I right. mean, you know what I mean? Like something you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And say, oh, I don't want these people to get exposed to it. That's crazy to me because that's not what the music's about. Mm-hmm. Not the music I play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For the most part, it's about love, you know? Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you yeah, thank for doing you. this with us. You're thank welcome. you for doing what you do. You're welcome. Thanks appreciate it <laughs> good and uh, out with you guys sharing yeah. space with you guys come back man when, when you're all right when you're rolling stuff out you want to promote come back all right man so <laughs> i will do that <laughs> yeah. Yo, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at RebelRadioNet or come to our website, RebelRadio.net. And don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com, Rebel underscore Radio. <laughs>